What up, everybody? It's your boy, George Becknell, and I am back in the paint. I got some interesting stuff to talk about. Is Kawhi Leonard going to L.A.? James Harden got the MVP. Is he the best player in basketball? The Oklahoma City Thunder, did they just squander a chance to have the best team ever? We're going to talk about T.O. Can T.O. still play? And we're going to talk about what I look forward to in this next football season. I'm excited for football, y'all. So look, we're going to talk about all this and more right after this. I want to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by the law office of Harry R. Brown Jr. Harry is an injury attorney that specializes in car accidents, truck accidents, work-related injuries, and more. If you need to reach Harry, you can do so at www.hrbrownlaw.com or you can call him at 225-938-5556. So, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all don't remember anything else I've said tonight, anything else I've said on this particular episode, remember this. Call Harry Brown. That's 225-938-5556. All right, everybody. First things first. I just read a report from ESPN.com stating that the Lakers are trying to re-engage with the Spurs to acquire forward Kawhi Leonard. The Spurs originally said they weren't going to do business with the Lakers as far as the trade with Kawhi goes. Um, I guess because they're bitter rivals. You know how that goes. But for me, I don't think the, the Spurs really have a choice. Kawhi has one year left on his deal. He's going to command a lot of money. He's going to command some type of value, right? So nobody's going to really trade for Kawhi to have for one year if they don't think that they're going to be able to sign him. The only team that looks like they're going to be able to sign him past next year would be the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Kawhi, that's where he's from. He's from out there in L.A. That's where he wants to be. I think the San Antonio Spurs should just trade him to the Lakers. Because if you think about it, if you really think about it, Magic Johnson got some good stuff going on over there, right? You got all these young guys. You got Kuzma. You got Lonzo Ball. You got Ingram. You got Julius Randle over there. All of those young guys, if you can get one of them in the deal for Kawhi and maybe some draft picks, or if you can get two of them in the deal for Kawhi, Those guys would have a legitimate shot to develop and become very, very good NBA players in Greg Popovich's system. So, for me, the Lakers trade would be the best option for the San Antonio Spurs for that reason. Because nobody else is going to give you that type of value. Nobody else is going to give you top dollar for Kawhi or top value because there's no confidence that they're going to be able to keep Kawhi after next year. And when you have that type of talent, somebody that commands as much value as a Kawhi Leonard, you cannot afford to let him walk for free. 
I think him re-signing with San Antonio is already a foregone conclusion that it's not going to happen. You can't lose this man for nothing. You know, finals MVP, the guy can go out and give you 25 a night. All defensive M- NBA type of player. This guy's going to be a great asset, and you can't let him walk for free. Now, the Lakers, let's talk about if the Lakers or are able to land Kawhi Leonard in some type of deal. Now what? Now you have a more attractive place for some free agents to come. Now, me personally, I don't think Kawhi Leonard playing with LeBron James is that attractive of a duo. You know, I don't think, you, you don't really have that alpha personality, in my opinion, that guy that's going to want the ball and that's going to want to take all the shots. You got to go get somebody like that. Now, if you add Paul George to that equation, then it might be a little better situation. But I just think that there's too many guys around the same position unless LeBron is willing to play the four. Now, in today's NBA, and after 15 years in the NBA, I think LeBron playing the four would be a good look for him. The man 6'9", 270, you put him in the post, I don't really see nobody checking LeBron in the post. LeBron, he, and he's still quick. He's still in shape. I think that will extend his career to where he don't have to dominate the ball all the time. So if they could do that, maybe you have Paul George at the two, Kawhi at the three, LeBron at the four. I think that's a good situation for the Lakers. But... LeBron has to accept the role playing off the ball, and I'm just not sure he's willing to do that. So I think the Lakers is the best landing spot for Kawhi, but I don't know if him playing with LeBron James is going to be is going to be a a match made in heaven. I just don't see that, you know. But the crazy thing is, no matter what happens in free agency, everything is controlled by LeBron. Every possible scenario is controlled by LeBron until he makes the Cavaliers aware of his attentions. You won't really see too much happen. You know, now the Lakers have been pushing for Paul George. They've been, they've been putting up billboards everywhere in LA to try to get him to come to LA. And I think he wants to come to LA too, but I'll tell you this, Paul George is not going to make a decision until LeBron James make his decision. You know, had, had LeBron not made his decision already, I don't know. But it's not public. You know, everything in free agency, every major move depends on LeBron. The only possible scenario where something can happen before LeBron makes his decision is if the Spurs decide to trade Kawhi Leonard. That's the only thing that can happen before LeBron makes his decision. And speaking of decisions, the NBA had his annual award show and James Harden took away the biggest prize of the night, which is the most valuable player award. Now, this has sparked some conversation, right? Because obviously you got a guy like LeBron James who played all 82 games. In my mind, he's still the best player in the league. The Cavaliers 
made it to the finals and were clearly not as talented as some of these other teams that went deep in the playoffs. So in my mind, LeBron James was MVP, and he probably should be MVP every year. If you look at it, the most valuable player award, that's what NBA, that's what MVP stands for, excuse me, the most valuable player. There's no one who is as box office as LeBron. There's no one that puts butts in the seat like LeBron. Matter of fact, if you look at this whole free agency thing, there's nothing that's going to happen significant in free agency until LeBron makes his decision. LeBron controls everything. So for this man to not be the most valuable player of the NBA every year that he plays is absurd to me. But understand, you know, James Harden had a fantastic season. The Rockets were head and shoulders better than what they've been in a long time. They had Golden State on the ropes and had Chris Paul not not been injured, they might have had a legitimate shot to beat the Warriors to go to the NBA Finals. So I get it. So I think they should separate the awards. You know, or call it something else. Most valuable player year in, year out is LeBron James. Just like in the 90s, most valuable player every year should have been Michael Jordan. Just like in the 80s, between Bird and Magic, they should have had all the most valuable players. And you go on and on. Bill Russell in the 60s. Kareem. Wilt Sepnitz. You know, these guys were the most valuable players of their generation. And right now it's LeBron James' generation. He's the most valuable player in the league. But James Harden had a fantastic season. He deserves an award. I just think he should have had the most outstanding season award or something else because most valuable definitely goes to LeBron. But you look at the fact that James Harden did win MVP. You know, the fact that he won MVP, that means he's the third player this decade to win an MVP award that was drafted by the Seattle Supersonic slash Oklahoma City Thunder franchise. So, at one point in time, the Oklahoma City Thunder had Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, all on one team. They went to the finals, I want to say in 2012, Against uh, the Miami Heat, they lost in five games, but they were a young, inexperienced team. Then pieces started to fall away. They let Harden go because they didn't want to pay him. Then they let Serge Ibaka go. Then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant left in free agency, and it was just Russell Westbrook. But I said all that to say this. With all things considered, you know, and you know what they say, right? Hindsight is 2020. I mean, it really is. I don't think they knew they had three MVPs on the roster, but still. Did the Oklahoma City Thunder squander the opportunity to have possibly the best team of all time? I mean, if you look at the Golden State Warriors right now, they're obviously going to be in contention when you talk about some of the greatest basketball teams ever to play in the NBA. Because they got Kevin Durant, 
Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Could we, could we say that 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 team definitively would be better than Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Serge Ibaka? Had they been able to play for years together? I, I can't really say that. Because, I mean, if you look at all the great teams and all the stars of the teams, it was you had stars, like two or three stars on the team, and you had role players. You know, you talk about Kobe and Shaq. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili. You talk about Mike and Scotty. Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler. James Worthy, Magic Johnson, Kareem. Bird McHale and Parrish. Had these guys had the opportunity to play with each other for years and had there, there was a coach that could kind of scale Russell Westbrook back a little bit. In my opinion, he shouldn't be a point guard. He should be a two guard, but that's just me. Love, love the dude's game to death, though. But that team might have been one of the all-time great teams ever had they been able to keep them together. I always thought it was a bad decision when they let James Harden walk instead of Serge Ibaka. That's just me. But, you know, you know what they say. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But it's just kind of hard when you, in the last five years, three of the MVPs have been drafted by you. <laughs> That's pretty bad. But uh, moving on. And speaking of MVPs, Tom Brady finished number one on the NFL's top players ranking. So, NF, so the NFL Network does this top player, top 100 NFL players every year, um, voted on by the players. And Tom Brady finished as number one. And in the top 10, it's a pretty interesting top 10, right? So coming in at number 10, you got Aaron Rodgers, nine is Vaughn Miller, eight is Drew Brees, seven is Aaron Donald, six is Todd Gurley, five is Le'Veon Bell, Four is Julio Jones. Three is Carson Wentz. Two is Antonio Brown. And number one is Tom Brady. I mean, I can't argue with the people on the list. I really believe that the people on this list are the 10 best players in the NFL. I just don't know if I like the order of the list. You know, now granted... I understand it's based on last year. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. But Aaron Rodgers is clearly the best quarterback in the NFL to me. You know, yeah, Tom Brady wins. You know, we could, we could have a debate all day how much Belichick has to do with Tom Brady winning or not, but not, not to take anything away from Tom Brady. He's clutch. He's the most clutch quarterback I've ever seen. But, I mean, when you're talking about playing the position of quarterback, strong arm, accuracy, you know, reading defenses, I don't see anybody that does all that better than Aaron Rodgers. You know, so Aaron Rodgers to me is the best. Followed by Drew Brees. Don't call me a homer. I just put Aaron Rodgers ahead of Brees. 
But I think Drew Brees at this point in his career is better than Tom Brady right now. Tom Brady got the better career. But right now, Drew Brees is better than Tom Brady. And Carson Wentz, he's on his way to have a brilliant career as well. Um, I find I, What else I found interesting was the fact that Antonio Brown was ranked the second best player in the NFL and Julio Jones was fourth. Now, Antonio Brown, to me, since Jerry Rice is the best route runner I saw. Since Jerry Rice. I think he's a guy that runs all the routes properly. He, he You can't really cover him. Even though he's not really a big guy, it's, it's hard for him. It's hard for you to cover him. But Julio Jones, bro. Julio Jones, to me, is the biggest game changer outside of the quarterback position on offense in the league. That Atlanta Falcons team is a completely different team when Julio Jones is not on the field. Just the way people defend the Falcons. I mean, the guy's a deep threat. He's big. He's fast. He can out-jump you. He can run routes. He's strong. I think Julio Jones is the complete package. He's the real deal to me. And he makes the Falcons a better team. Because, look, if the Falcons don't have him, I don't think they even win a division title, let alone go to the Super Bowl. You know, Matt Matt Ryan, that quarterback. A lot of people believe in that dude, man. That dude is not clutch. But anyway, that's a rant for later. We're going to stay on the receivers right now. But Julio Jones, he didn't do his, his voluntary workouts with the Falcons. He worked out with Terrell Owens. Now, Terrell Owens has been in the news lately because he made the Hall of Fame recently. It, it deservingly so. Like, if you look at all the numbers, T.O., Terrell Owens, is top five everything in receiving. To me, other than Jared Rice, he's the greatest wide receiver to play. Well, you can make that argument between him and Randy Boss. Randy Boss was a freak, but Terrell Owens, to me, was a way more complete receiver than Randy Moss because he can run all the routes. He was big. He was fast. He's kind of like Julio Jones, except not quite as big, right? Randy was just special. Randy was, you just throw it up, Randy's going to go get it. You know what I mean? But Terrell Owens has been working out with Julio Jones and at 40-plus years old, this man ran a 4-4-3 40-yard dash. And he still looks like he's in impeccable shape. He wanting to play again. Now, I don't know if a team is going to pick him up. Well, I would doubt if a team picks him up because it'll be a media circus. We all know how T.O. was when he played. He was very divish, very, hey, look at me which is typical for a wide receiver, right? But if we're just talking about his ability on the field, we're just talking about his his ability to ball. T.O. could ball with the best of them. And it's hard for me to believe that even at his age, running a full 4-3, knowing what I've known him to be able to do 
that he can't come out and at least assist the team. I don't know, man. I'd be curious to see T.O. come in and be the third or fourth receiver on the roster somewhere. I, I think he could I think he could still ball. I'd be interested to see that. I don't know. Y'all, y'all tell me what y'all think. I, I really want to know. But I would want to see T.O. play again. I would want to see him get a shot. Ocho Cinco, not so much. I, I think Chad Johnson's done. Well, it's, I know Chad Johnson's done. But T.O., I'd be curious to see what T.O. could do with pads now. I'd, I'd be curious. I'd want to see him on somebody's team in preseason. Even though I doubt it's going to happen, I'd be curious. And staying with the NFL, man. Football season is my favorite time of the year. I'm pretty sure it's a lot of you guys' favorite time of the year. And going into this football season, this, for me personally, is one of the more anticipated seasons that I can remember. You know, it's just so much has happened, and it's just so much to look forward to. You know, my favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, they had a crushing defeat in Minnesota. Uh... Marcus Williams misses the tackle. That would have ended the game. But instead, the Vikings go on to play the Eagles in the NFC title game. I think the Saints had a much, much better chance of beating the Eagles. They possibly could have made it to the Super Bowl. You never know what what, would have happened had he not missed that play. And I think they got better in the offseason. I like them going to get another edge rusher across from Cam Jordan. Alvin Kamara is a year into his career. He's going to be a lot better. Even though he was very good last year, he's still going to, I expect him to continue being a better football player. Marshawn Lattimore, I'm just excited. Michael Thomas, other than Drew Brees, this is a young football team and they're very good. I'm excited to see what steps they take next year. You know, you never know what can happen. I'm expecting this team to do some damage. Outside of my Saints, man, I'm, I'm curious to see What Cleveland got going on up there, man? The Cleveland Browns have been terrible. But now all of a sudden you take a Baker Mayfield, which I thought was the best quarterback in the draft. You know, you sign a Juice Landry. Josh Gordon is back and reinstated. Now, who knows if he can stay out of trouble or not. But for right now, you have him. That's some interesting stuff going on in Cleveland. I I want to see what happens. Now you got... Some young pieces, that could be a good football team, man. Speaking of quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, what he was able to do in Houston. Houston's been a very good football team for a few years now, minus the quarterback position. And what Deshaun Watson was able to accomplish while he was healthy was special. So I'm really interested to see what goes on up there, man, because I think he could be that generational guy who follows up with these next quarterbacks, right? I think he's he's we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson five to ten years from now, like we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Breeze and Brady and Roethlisberger. Deshaun Watson is that next guy to me, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do in year number two because had his season not gotten cut short because of an injury, ain't no telling what would have happened last year. The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, my God. They're going to get Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. 
to go on that defense. And Dominican Sue, they already got Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers on the offensive side of the ball. They got Todd Gurley. You know, this team was very good a year ago. They've improved. I'm, I'm curious to see Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. The 49ers look like a whole different team once they got Garoppolo from New England. And speaking of New England, I'm curious to see what goes on over there too. You got Tom Brady. You know, how long is Tom going to play? Is that relationship with Bill Belichick good? How long will Gronkowski play? I don't know. I think the Patriots dynasty is almost over. It's a lot of things to consider and a lot of things to watch this upcoming year. You know, what I want to know from you guys, you know, and my social media hadn't changed. On Instagram is N underscore the underscore paint. And on Twitter is George underscore Becknell. I'm gonna put it in the description of the of the episode, but I want to know what you guys think. I'm curious. And I'm really excited about this football season. What do you guys think is the biggest, best story of the year? I kind of like my Saints' chances to come out the NFC. But then again, the Eagles are going to be very, very good too. I don't know. We'll see. The Rams are going to be good. The AFC, in my opinion, is wide open. The Jacksonville Jaguars got some good young talent. They were almost there a year ago. They go get DJ Chalk in the draft. A guy that can fly. I don't know. We'll, we shall see. But anyways, it's my hope that you enjoyed the, the episode. If there's anything that you'd like me to tackle, anything that you disagree with, I'd love to hear it because I'd love to debate with you. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about LeBron going to L.A. or Kawhi. But either way, I'll see you next time in the paint.